What have you got there, mate? Just a glass of wine. All right. How is it? It's all right, I guess. I mean, obviously, it's not really delicious, like a pint from Beer 52. Well, it's a good job that this episode of Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs is sponsored by Beer 52, the world's number one beer club. With Beer 52, you'll receive a case of beer every month featuring craft beers from all over the world, including Belgium, California, New Zealand and more. As well as getting eight free beers, you'll also receive the award-winning magazine Ferment, as well as a couple of different snacks. Perfect for a night in, or an innocent picnic in the park. For the last time, it was a picnic. You couldn't see the snacks. We had two different types of snacks. Best of all, you can pause or cancel your membership at any time, so you don't need to worry about the ombudsman coming to get you if you want to take a break from your membership. So seriously, what are you waiting for? If you want to get started with a free case of beer, head to beer52.com forward slash peep to access your first case for free. Eight beers, Beer 52. Eight. That's insane. All you need to do is pay the £5.95 for postage. And don't worry if you're not a fan of dark beers, there is a light option available. So that's beer52.com forward slash peep to get your first Beer 52 case for free. Poor me. Poor me. Pour me another glass from Beer 52. Cheers. Cheers. Hello and welcome to Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs, a podcast all about discussing and reviewing the British sitcom Peep Show. My name's Tom Harrison and I'm joined, as always, by Rob Graham. Hello! So, we are back in our sort of mid-break specials that we like to do uh, before we return for Series 9. And if you listened to the last episode, you would have enjoyed a wonderful chat that we had with the wonderful... Izzy City, who of course played Dobby, and we're kind of rolling on a bit of a theme here as we kind of were about to say goodbye to one of Mark's key love interests in Dobby as we uh, we start series nine, but we're then reacquainted with the lovely April, which brings us on to who we're going to be speaking to today. Would you like to introduce our guest, Rob? Yeah, this is a this is a first for our podcast. Well, certainly a first in terms of the cast. I think we've We've had some guests that have had as a double header. We had the the guys from the Dobby Club Facebook page came on as a, as a pair, but we are this week speaking to Angus Wright, who plays Angus in in series nine, and Catherine Shepherd, who played April in series two, and then again in series nine. So it was our first proper double header, and it it wasn't ever something that we intended to do. It was just one of those things where I was chatting to both Angus and Catherine separately. And I said to Tom, wouldn't it be great if somehow mm-hmm. we could get both of them on at the same time? Like we could we could sort of do a double header. And it was great. Like They were both bang up for it. And what I found really amazing, and I, I can't remember whether we, we caught this on the recording. I don't think we did. But like they hadn't spoken to each other or seen each other since they filmed Peep Show in 2015. Like, I presumed that, like, the the cast all sort of vaguely kept in touch with each other. But, like, mm-hmm. it was like reacquainting old friends. It was, it was, it was lovely. <laughs> yeah, and they, for, this, you know, five or six years ago, that, that series aired, and um, it was just kind of like, yeah, you just kind of assumed 
that they were just, you know, still in touch. They kind of sunk straight back into it and they were laughing and joking with each other, sort of catching up whilst, yeah, taking us through their, you know, their time in Peep Show. And um, I thought it worked really well having them both on together. They were kind of just feeding off each other and, you know, jogging each other's memories about various bits. And yeah, they, they were both a really good laugh. It's actually one of the sort, probably one of the funniest of the interviews I think we've done. I thought it was brilliant. So I'm, I'm really, yeah, really pleased that we managed to get them both on together. I think it made it really special. And we've had quite a, a wide variety of sort of the cast and crew on um, on the podcast and and talk, and talk to people who have come from all different sort of walks of life and have gone on to lots of different things. And if you are listening to this podcast having been directed here by Angus or Catherine through some sort of social media and you aren't aware of our podcast, then... We have uh, we have spoken to to David Mitchell, Robert Ware, Patterson Joseph, Sam Bain, Sophie Winkleman, like uh, the majority of sort of the main sort of cast members um, from Peep Show, and some of them have obviously gone on to real big big things after Peep Show. Some of them has been their sort of defining role, um, and haven't had massive memories of it or have remembered it right down to the sort of the minute details and I was really surprised and and pleased that like Angus and Catherine have both gone on to big things after Peep Show and have, have, have written and have starred in lots of different things but their memory for stuff was just unbelievable and like Angus's ability like he was just pulling stuff out and like he you won't be able to see this in the in the in the call because obviously it's an audio call. But he he brought out like uh, a a prop, so he had like a a Byzantine um, book, a history of the Byzantine yes, Empire that he brought. That out. That was incredible. Listen out for my reaction. I think you just hear me at some point just go no. <laughs> so you'll know it when you hear it. He just kind of pulled it out of nowhere. That was really really good. But honestly, yeah, like I hope you enjoy listening to this episode um, as much as we enjoyed recording it because it obviously, like honestly, was one of the best episodes I think we've recorded. It was just, it was so funny. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like like Rob said, we hope you enjoy it. Uh, we won't waste any more time, and uh, we will get both Catherine and Angus on the line. Right, well, first of all, just want to say thank you very much to both Catherine and Angus for, for joining us today. Like we were just saying off air, this is exciting, the first time we've had uh, with two cast members on at the same time. So I appreciate you syncing up your diaries along with ours to, to chat Peep Show with us. It's good to be here, thank you for having us. Very good, Peep Show on a Saturday night, perfect. <laughs> yes, you've thank, with lockdown, everyone's diaries is... Uh, uh, have been much more like yeah, <laughs> readily available sorry. for us. It wasn't a struggle to find. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thought the cutlery or. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. So yeah, obviously we're here to talk all things Peep Show, and I guess to to get us sort of started, I just wanted to talk about you know how you both joined the show because obviously Catherine. I'd seen actually that you'd featured in a couple of things on Radio 4, I believe, with David and Rob. Yeah. Were they sort of like, you know, the bridge that, you know, you got in touch with them and then that kind of sparked the interest and kind of led you to joining Peep Show? Or were they very much sort of separate things? I don't know exactly why I got involved, but I was <laughs> friends with them. I'd worked with them on, yeah, like you say, on some Radio 4 sketch show stuff. So I knew them and I was friends with them. And I was also, I'd worked with Phil Clark, the producer, um, 
on a few okay. things ever since I've been at university. So I knew him and I imagine that was probably a bridge. Um, but I, yeah, and then I went into audition for April in, yeah, God, I don't even want to think how long ago that was. But, um, <laughs> well, the episode was 2004. We, we had a look this morning, so um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I read for the part and I had to go back, I remember, several times. So I was um, nervous and I really wanted to do it, but I had to go in, I think, three times to read for her. Oh, wow. Um, and yeah. That's how I did it. So I did know, I knew them, I knew David and Rob pretty well before that. So it was fun. It was nice. I didn't feel completely alien to them all. Yeah. Okay. So then in comparison, then Angus, for you, you joined Peep Show when it was already kind of a big hit. Um, what what was that kind of, what was yeah, your Yeah, I made it under the, the wire show? for the final, <laughs> the final <laughs> series. Thank God. But um, yeah, I was, weirdly, I was doing a Greek tragedy on stage. So I was in this completely different world playing Agamemnon in the Oristar. And I got a call to meet for, for Peach there. And I remember coming in and saying, Angus Memnon is here. <laughs> the, part, the part was called Angus. I'm called Angus. And it was, it sort of, I remember Jesse Armstrong saying he'd seen me on stage and he couldn't remember whether when he wrote the character, he called him Angus because he thought of me or whether he called him Angus and then, I was cast in it, but it was a kind of, there was a great synchronicity of it. And, yeah, it was um, meant to be, clearly. Was. It was meant to Definitely. be. But I, it does create <laughs> problems because being called Angus, you know, you do get recognised from Peep Show. And so these fantastic fans will go, Angus! Angus! And you go, do I know you? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> Oh, wow. That's something I actually wanted to touch on because I'd, I'd noticed... I'd had a look through your Wikipedia and found this sort of extensive list of, you know, Royal Shakespeare Company, Royal National Theatre stuff. So it's funny that you brought that up. Like, how does it go from, you know, being in something like, I, th I think I saw that Richard III was something that you'd been in not long before Peep Show. Um, so what's that like, the transition between the two? Well, I think that, I mean, it's a question actors get asked a lot about film and, and stage work, you know, what the difference between, and they are different, but, you know, in moment by moment, you're calling on the same things, which is is trying to keep going <laughs> with the lines, <laughs> trying to remember, you know, the, the instructions you've had, um, and they are pretty similar, but the, the difference with Peep Show, obviously, is it's it's different to other stuff anyone does on film because they point the camera in your face and that is Mark, that is Jez, that is April. And so that made it, that was the most different thing about it, you know, because it was, it's a technique that I don't think there are many other shows that use that. But the stage experience is fantastic. If you, when you're working on stage and you go up for TV and film, you have to, you, the muscles are working. So that's a really good thing. You're, you're performing every night. The danger is you get a sort of producer going, Can, could you do it again, maybe a little less, um... <laughs> and you go, theatrical? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, just tone it down a little, you know, so, but you don't need to tone Peep Show down, so it's... Um... <laughs> well, that's part of the reason I asked, because Peep Show kind of so often kind of descends into the kind of the mad and slightly ridiculous thinking towards the very end where you being held captive and things that just things that wouldn't happen when you're doing sort of the Shakespeare stuff. I just, uh, that kind of cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, I think there is, a, there's, a, there's a great uh, contrast. I mean, you know, I, I've watched lots of it, but it's fantastic characters 
the characters who come in and are very different to Mark and Jez, you know, and I think that that works really well. And I think part of Angus's the, the sort of kick doing that was a man who is steeped in Byzantine history, and it's not it's sort of Mark's world. He loves that world, that brilliant thing where he gets you know caught up. Stop, no, <laughs> stop enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. And it's interesting that you touch on that actually, Angus. Um, we we were sort of discussing. Um, a few days ago about Angus obviously is one of Mark's main love rivals um, with or with 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 sorry with Gerard being sort of Mark's one of Mark's main love rivals someone we sort of think Mark should have actually been friends with in Peep Show and the pair of, of them had a lot in common despite their obvious rivalry over Dobby a- um, Angus is probably an even better example of that Mark admires them admires Angus when he first meets him so do you think if April hadn't been there Mark and Angus could have obviously gone on and been friends friends lovers traveling together <laughs> <laughs> I think there was a rosy future no I th- yeah I do think I think that I you know that there is a yeah I think there is a brilliant uh, it's a brilliant bit of writing because it, it is that idea that instead of the usual thing of a love rival you hate them they they land in the same territory they're both crashed bores about history <laughs> but um yeah i think it works yeah it works well in that sense <laughs> perfect yeah absolutely and catherine back to just want to talk about april in that it's interesting that i think there's only one other character that in big mad andy that has you know you have a role very early on in the series we talk about way back in 2004 and then your next appearance is in the final series, 2015. What your sense of the role of April when you first appeared? Was it, the, you know, the idea that you would just be in that one episode? Or was there any vague hint that you could come back in some form? No, I think, I think it was just that episode. But um, what was really interesting is I think it was, it ended up being really quite romantic in a way that lots of the other romantic interests were less suitable probably for Mark and it was I mean I ended up talking to Sam Bain about it quite a few years afterwards and just saying lots of people come up to me and say are you April from Peep Show and then she should be with Mark like people would often say like this is so sad it's like unrequited story um but she should be with him why aren't they together and I think that's what put it in his head he was like maybe maybe she should come back and maybe they should be together but obviously it's terrible tragic at the end that they don't end up together but but um yeah I think that was I think it was just it turned out to be oddly romantic but that people kind of caught on to that and wanted them to, to see them reunited I'm not listening to any of this <laughs> <laughs> so so leading on from that how did the return sort of come about because obviously you're a much more significant character in the final series so do you think part of part of Sam and Jesse's desire to bring you back was the fact that people were saying April's so perfect for Mark. Obviously, I can't imagine in 2004 they were thinking, we're going to bring April back at the, in the finale. But do you think it was the, the pressure of the fans saying April's the one for Mark that we needed to see? I wonder. I don't know for sure. But I do think that was somewhere in there that, um, you know, that she was available as well. Her story hadn't ended like some of the others were maybe more difficult to bring back but there was something sort of um yeah sweet about their story that she's just as nerdy and shy as him that did um uh touch people a bit and they wanted 
So I think I think so. I think, yeah, from that conversation with Sam, I do think people did ask about them. And they did quite quite a lot. It was definitely I noticed it. Um but I was really surprised when they called and said she was coming back and in such a important way at the end. It was really lovely, but I would, I didn't expect it at all. And sort of moving on from that, how much do you think it changed between obviously you had eleven years gap between your first and second appearances? How much had the the filming of the show and the and the way the show works sort of changed in that time? It's a really good question. It was definitely a bit slicker, I suppose. They were all really used to how to block a scene and how to shoot it. It was just very seamless and quick. And Becky Martin, the director, they all knew exactly what they were doing. Because some of those big scenes, like the dinner party, that amazing episode, I think that might be my favourite. But, you know, they're really complicated to block with everyone looking into the camera. And it's just totally different, like Angus says, to anything else. So they did seem, yeah, it was quicker and very yeah more worked out I suppose I mean I think by the time they got to me even in the second series when I did my first episode they'd sort of sussed it I think early on they tried out various different methods didn't they but I um they had like the head cams yeah, and things in yeah, the yeah. very early ones I think yeah they'd probably scrapped that by the time yeah. uh, you arrived in series yeah. two which yeah, well, probably been... for the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah and there's been a bit of a um, a video sort of doing the rounds on social media in the past couple of weeks of David Mitchell filming a scene, the scene where they're in the Mexican restaurant in the, in the previous series, and just the how difficult it must be to film an individual scene. Like you guys have obviously done it, but us as as viewers and as as fans of it, it is just incredible the effort for for one tiny little scene to have to film it in so many different ways. With, with with people throwing lines here, there and everywhere. It's just, it just blows my yeah, mind. Yeah, it's a 3D nightmare, isn't it? It's really difficult. And do you remember Angus, they had, because obviously everything, any film or TV acting, it's the one worst thing you can do is look down the camera. Yeah. <laughs> you wanna, you're, immediately your instinct is to look at the person talking to you. So they'd hide behind, like David would be behind the camera or Angus reading the lines in and you really want to look at them. So the cameraman's always doing that, pointing at the lens <laughs> the whole way. And then after the next job you do, you look straight down the lens and feel really stupid. I like, yeah. think you're really weird. Unprofessional. <laughs> boy, um, era. Yeah. 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 So also in the dinner party scene was Cariad throwing the glass of wine oh, into yeah. the camera. <laughs> it was like... Oh, wow. You know, yeah. The cameraman, I can't remember his name now, but the cameraman was, was under a plastic sheet to protect himself <laughs> and the camera. It was hilarious. It was like some kind of bondage camera work. <laughs> yeah. And all the kissing stuff as well. That's just so weird. Like you never actually have to do it. You just lean into the lens and kind of hug, hold on to the cameraman. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's always something in the peep show. I always find those sorts of kissing and the, the sex scenes are always so very unsexy <laughs> with the nature of that filming where people are having to... Uh, Robert Webb was telling us how he got very intimate with the cameraman because the amount of times he just had to sort of straddle him <laughs> and <laughs> point a camera directly down in his face that's um, yeah. something else. <laughs> just running back slightly, we're talking about, you know, that the reason that, you know, that perhaps sparked April coming back was this this idea that she'd be perfect for Mark. Like, what, what did you think? Because... It's kind of like this long-running joke on the show of like Mark finding the one, like particularly after the you know the marriage with Sophie kind of crumbles to dust. And I think quite a lot of fans are generally in 
two camps mainly, and it's either Dobby or April. So do you have a, I think, whether you're biased to your own character or not, but what do you make of that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I love Dobby, um, and I'm sure they'd have been very happy. But I can't help but feel (laughs) that um, there's something about April and Mark. They've just got such shared interest and sort of, um, I feel like on those terms, they are well-matched. I wouldn't want to compete with Dobby either. I mean, <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think I, there's something about April where just like there's so much aligns, whereas with Dobby, yeah. has kind of got her more like like quirky aside where she's into doing quite random things. She's going to be quite unpredictable. And I think it was surprising when the, the night where April and Mark do cope together was quite shocking because I thought I didn't really expect that from April. So there is definitely that wild aside to April, but I also think like Mark does is capable of that sort of stuff as well. But I, I think perhaps there's a slight more, there's a better balance between April and Mark personally. I agree. I think there's a better balance of sort of shyness versus, you know, they are, their sensibilities are really similar. And um, yeah. As, yeah, says the woman having sex in the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sort of shy sensibility whereas i read the nice i read the nice creed in the toilets you know i mean what do you think angus is, is is april the one for mark no, no april's the one for me <laughs> yeah of course <laughs> Support for Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code PEEP at manscaped.com. So why do you need Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0? Well, we've all got our own nightmare grooming stories about shaving our nether regions. Whether it's Nick's cuts and grazes or an unfortunate tale involving hair removal cream, it can seem like you're always a moment away from disaster. Not with the Lawnmower 4.0. After using it myself, it really does make a massive difference. It's quick, easy to use, and most importantly, I felt safe while using it. With the Lawnmower 4.0, Manscaped have engineered the ultimate groin trimmer, with their advanced skin-safe technology making you confident to shave your boys. So, if you're like Mark and are worried about your testicles looking abnormal, the Lawnmower 4.0 can give you the confidence to do something about it and make your balls feel like a million dollars. So go on, start shaving your testicles like it's the most natural thing in the world, and get 20% off and free shipping with the code PEEP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PEEP. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Now, you both sort of touched on it briefly earlier about sort of getting recognised and people shouting things to you, or Angus certainly touched on it, um, about getting things sort of shouted at you in the street. Do you do you get recognised most predominantly for your roles in Peep Show? Like, Peep Show fans have a certain way of they don't really care who they're seeing or where they are. If they recognise somebody that's from their show, they will shout something out. Is that something that you can sort of oh, attest yeah. to? Yeah, by a country mile more than anything ever. Whenever ever says, are you Catherine? Are you April? Like, yeah, it's definitely always April. 
and it's and I think there's something about maybe also her character the character is because she's shy and, and nerdy people feel like she's even more approachable and I talk a lot <laughs> yeah and this is one of the things like there are there are loads of characters in Peep Show who are in so many different other shows but I your character and and therefore you in other roles that I've seen you play it it it, it it was such a shock to me that I was like I'm imagining she's going to be like April in in then in in that sort of sh- like you say that sort of shy sort of nervous sort of thing and then I see you in 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 the other shows I've seen you and I'm like oh this doesn't sit right at all and I literally know that is the point of acting <laughs> but but it was it was the biggest sort of culture shock change for me watching you in something else um how about well, you Angus? just on that point you know the, the bizarre thing of doing something like Claudius and Hamlet and you've done you've done three hours of, <laughs> of drama and you come out to the stage door and someone goes oh my god you go yes and they go show <laughs> you just you've just an enormous Shakespearean role <laughs> but it is, I, I love it it's it you know I I I played Angus when I was 50 and I'd been working since I was 20 something and Peep Show is the show that I am recognised for most. You know, it's it it knocks everything else um, out of the park. And there's a certain type of person. They are genuinely open, friendly, brilliantly apologetic about it. You know, sort of going, "I'm sorry, but you're in Peep Show, aren't you?" And it's a, it's really lovely. It is genuinely lovely. And I've never felt because the show is so light-hearted and brilliant. It never feels like, oh God, you saw me in that thing, or that was ages ago. It feels so present. And because people still, you know, people watch it. Someone the other day said, uh, I was working on a TV thing and he's the main character in it. He went, my wife and I have just watched the dinner party scene four times. (laughs) I can't believe you're here in the trailer getting your makeup on. <laughs> you know, it's like a kind of a cult. You know, it's yeah, um, it's so true. People are really nice, and they're genuine fans and really enthusiastic. So it's always lovely. It's so, it's and it's so nice that it's something to be so proud of. I completely agree. It's always nice. It's never there's never been a horrible recognizing experience. I think that's the thing that surprised us most. And we've started this podcast as just we thought we would. We both liked Peep Show. We liked podcasts. We thought why not give it a go, but the the reaction that we've had from you know just starting up and posting a few bits on Facebook Twitter or whatever um, to to get to where we have is is kind of mind blowing and the whole the, the fandom is, is crazy like nothing I've ever really seen for like a British sitcom because Rob and I have, I don't know how much you're aware of you know there are peep show quiz events held by um a, a group called dobby club and um the liam noble who played big man andy is like the quiz host and they get other cast members to do like guest host nights and it's just rob and i went down to one in london and this sense of like community around it all which perhaps sounds bizarre to say but it is crazy there were there were like hundreds of people weren't there rob gathered in this one's place and they were all we thought we were queuing up to the wrong event because there were so many people outside this quite like big London venue, and then we started hearing people firing off little quotes and things. We're like, oh, we are in the right place. Um, so it's amazing the the reach that it's the show has had. No, the impression I get, sorry, is the impression I get is that that, that Peep Show fans are between twenty and thirty. That's the impression I get. I may be wrong, but it's I can spot when someone spots me. I kind of know from their age range 
that they're almost certainly a Peep Show fan. And I've never had someone my age go, oh my God, Peep Show, you know, it's like, so there's a weird thing where I, cause I'm, I'm sort of much older, I guess, than a lot of the people who've been on it. So it's, it's a really interesting thing because it's a, for someone, somewhere in, someone who's 56, you know, you, you get younger people just going, oh my God, it's you. <laughs> in a way that I know it's not going to be Hamlet or Richard III, something <laughs> totally different. It's brilliant. Really brilliant. And what I find brilliant, I think, with 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 your character, Angus, is that he's got some quite memorable lines, or he's involved in some quite memorable scenes. And we posted something on, on our fa- sort of a Facebook group and said, we're, we're interviewing Angus and Catherine this evening. Has anybody got any questions that they'd like to throw? And the amount of people that threw the, did Jesus have a cat? <laughs> Uh, can you recommend a, uh, a, uh, a general history of the Byzantine church for the general reader? Um, all of these, all of these questions, I can. probably yeah. only about five of them. Were, were... No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus did have a cat and he was called Judas. I think I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you get, does, do people come up to you and and throw those yeah, quotes? Yeah, I've at had you? I've had with with my uh, I was with my elderly aunt and this this couple came up to me who must have been about twenty three or four, and they came. It was after a, a play and they came up to me and they went, "Did you drink human urine, Angus? Did you drink human urine?" And then they and then they sauntered off laughing. And my aunt was like, "I'm sorry, what was that?" <laughs> <laughs> but yes, you do get I get um. Uh, stuff about Nutella and about uh, the Roman Orthodox, uh, Greek and Russian Orthodox churches and enemas and <laughs> all sorts of stuff. And did Jesus have a cat? A lot of that. Well, we now have the definitive answer. <laughs> yeah, I think yours tops the the lot that we've had so far. That's. Just... <laughs> I've already seen it of quotes that people. I'm sure you get that, Catherine. Oh yeah. Just... And that that episode is really the salad big. with beans and the what was it water and what was it the cocktail lettuce, lettuce. <laughs> yeah this is cocktail the Moroccan such a brilliant it's just a perfectly written fast that episode it's so yeah. good now jumping back to series two slightly but sort of still touching on series nine um we noticed watching both of those episodes that there's a lot of similarities between the the Professor McLeish character in series two and then Angus's character in in series nine, and we'd heard that there had been sort of just some discussion around Professor McLeish coming back and sort of that being April's husband in series nine. Is that just sort of an urban myth, or do you know if there was anything sort of behind that? I've never heard of that. Have you, Angus? Have you? I've... <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very glad he was busy. <laughs> 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 yeah, it, like, there were so many of these things that, and we we interviewed uh, Sam Bain sort of this time last year, and there were so many sort of little theories that we put to him, and he was like, "No, no, no, <laughs> that, that that is just something that gets uh, gets posted on Twitter, and all of a sudden everyone is like, yeah, that was that's the that's the that's the God's truth.' So uh, I'm glad you've dispelled that. <laughs> dispelled that, that myth. They may have thought of it, but, um, but Peter, it would be it was Peter Capaldi, wasn't it? Was yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. So he'd have been he'd have been deep in Doctor Who, wouldn't he? <laughs> um, one thing I just wanted to touch on—I missed out on it earlier—is to, to ask you, Catherine, is that um, as part of the um, the fact that you know April's appearances are so far apart, did did you have to change how you played April 
because you know with 11 years difference did you make like a conscious effort did Sam and Jesse you know tell you you know to play slightly differently because obviously when you first appeared April was a university student kind of like uncomfortable in her own skin and there's still the sense of that in the the later series but did you did, did you make a, an effort to you know play a more grown-up April were you really conscious of that because of the time gap that's a really good question. I um, I feel like I did, I didn't really. I sort of just had grown up a bit. Probably it wasn't acting. Because <laughs> like, it kind of did chart my life. Like I did the first series in my twenties and second series in my in my thirties. So it was like a very weird, a really kind of emotional weird thing to go back to, but older and having had you know a child and a life and I just had grown up a bit. So I didn't really. I think all of that kind of came quite instinctively. It was just, I was older. And um, they didn't ever say, can you try and seem older? Probably. Very your voice of it. <laughs> think about acting. I should have done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just because in the, for the first series, like she's almost like crippled by her own self-doubt. And it, it, it like, even like physically, the way she like kind of moved around and, you know, always looking away for like not looking people in the eye and stuff, which is, you know, more effective with the, obviously the point of view stuff. Whereas by the end in series nine, April seems like a bit more to, you know, take charge of her own life a bit. And despite all the, the crazy stuff going on between Angus and Mark, she kind of takes the ball by the horns a bit more. Totally. Which and I thought was, was really nice. The one thing I did, I did do some acting. The one thing I did think about was, <laughs> just remembered, I did definitely do some <laughs> Um, <laughs> that you know rather than being sort of trapped in that shyness in your 20s that so many of us are um she was more sort of trapped in the older version of in the marriage the kind of more conventional marriage and sort of uh wanted to escape and you know I, that I could I, mean, I don't want to say I could relate to <laughs> in a bad way I was okay I was okay in my life but um, <laughs> so I did I yeah I think she was coming from a completely different place um, and she'd written a book and, you know, so much had happened. But that maybe, I like the idea that meeting Mark again, that they, she was kind of taken back to her student days and wanted to behave more childishly. I, that appealed and was interesting. But um, yeah, it was, it's weird. It's a funny thing watching the first one. I did watch it again before I did film the second, the final series. I watched my first episode and thought, my God, I looked so tiny. And it was weird. It was, it was a funny thing to have your life actually charted on film in a slight, small way. Um, yeah, kind of nice. Your version of boyhood. That yeah, film. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you're obviously both sort of heavily involved in the in the climax of Series 9. Um, and presumably, when you both, Catherine came back and Angus joined, you knew that Peep Show was coming to its, its end. You knew that Peep Show was going to be the the end was coming series nine was the final series but in a hypothetical world where do you feel like april and angus would have gone past the end of series nine like obviously peep show wasn't their story but do you think they'd have moved past the the mark debacle do you think they'd have bounced back or do you think angus was off to some far-flung greek island to try and sort out penance again <laughs> i think i well my feeling is that that angus you know he he loves april dearly and she Talking about shyness, I think what I sense is that she's finding her feet to go, stop it, Angus, behave. You know, you can't get away with this. And maybe, maybe Mark is the um, 
fire in her belly and the fire under Angus that makes him go, yeah, I'm going to lose her if I don't wise up. So I think there's something in that that, you know, who knows what where they end up, but it feels to me like there was something between them that would probably give them a chance to keep going and make things better. Yeah, I agree, actually. I think they'd have, this would have been the spur to get them to sort it out. And there was yeah. a, I think they'd have stayed together, maybe moved to Greece or something. Yeah. Had a Mount, Mount Athos. <laughs> for, for a five year honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, I think conscious of time a little bit as we're running out on the Zoom call, but I think that brings us to a very nice sort of natural conclusion as April and Angus sail off to a Greek island with the sun setting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just want to say thank you very much, both of you, for, for putting you know some time aside to, um, to have a chat with us and especially syncing all of our diaries together. Um, I really, really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. It has. It's really nice to talk about it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. yeah. <laughs> Before we let you go, is there anything sort of obviously with lockdowns and everything, filming is all over the place, but is there anything that you guys want to shout out? Where to, where can people find you popping up next? Um, the Courier, a movie that's out at the moment um, with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch uh, as Greville Wynn. It's a good film. Uh, I play a part in that. Um, yeah, and... Uh, Herodotus is in a bowl of muesli. That's really my life now. <laughs> Lockdown's been <laughs> repeatedly. And then I've actually been writing a show um, uh, called Shrink Next Door for Apple TV on, in part of the writing team oh, wow. over lockdown. So that's what I was doing with Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd in the leads about a psychotherapist, which is oh, wow. going to be great, actually. But that comes out in October based on a podcast. Amazing. The same name. Based on a podcast called The Shrink Next Door Fantastic. about a therapist in New York. It's really good. So, Very good. Wow. Yeah. I'll keep an eye out for that then. October, do you say? Yes. Mm. Brilliant. Okay, well we'll keep an eye out for all of those things. Yeah, everyone listening, do go check those out when they when they come out. Um and yeah, Rob, anything to, to add before we wrap up? No, not at all. Just uh yeah, just to say thank you again. It's been it's been fantastic. It's nice to have reunited two old friends <laughs> after after so many years. <laughs> yeah, very nice. Very nice, thank you. Perfect. All right, well thank, thank you, you very much, both of you, and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Great. You too. Take care guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Cheers, bye.